Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today, we will be discussing the fate of the Canadian pocket liner turned floating restaurant SS Princess Louise. Before we dive in, I must inform you. This story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Please note, before I begin, that I am not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I have done my research and will present the information as I understand it and with accurate nautical terminology. In today's episode, I will be including the basics of nautical terminology in the description for anyone who needs it. Unfortunately, there is not a vast amount of information available about SS Princess Louise, but I will present to you what I was able to uncover. Unfortunately, listeners, there's little to nothing on the career of Edsa's Princess Louise. There's more information about her sinking, resinking, and the legal course of action than anything else, so stay tuned for that. What we do know about the ship is that she was built by the Wallace Shipyard in North Vancouver, British Columbia, for the Canadian Pacific Railway Company's Princess Fleet that were the coastal counterparts to the Empress Fleet, which had the Empress of Ireland that we've already covered. She's the second of her name, the first SS Princess Louise being a side-wheel, paddle-wheel steamer built in 1869 that sunk at Port Alice in 1919. SS Princess Louise and her predecessor of the same name were named after Louise, Princess Royal and Duchess of Fife, who was also Queen Victoria's granddaughter. Although it would seem like she was built to replace her predecessor, this was not the case. She was in fact built to replace another ship of the Princess fleet, the SS Princess Sophia, that sank off the Vanderbilt Reef with everyone on board during the Alaska run. SS Princess Louise's route for Canadian Pacific was from Vancouver, British Columbia, to Puget Sound in Seattle, Washington, then up to southeast Alaska for Alaskan tours and cruises, run by British Columbia Coast Steamships for their tourist services. SS Princess Louise was built in 1921, being launched on August 29, 1921. She was a small liner known as a pocket liner. This is because the British Columbia Coast Steamships operated ships were known to not only be small, but incredibly luxurious as well as providing unmatched services and splendid amenities that were equal to that of their larger counterparts. The ship displaced 4,032 gross tons, being 317.2 feet in length with a 48.1 foot beam and a 34.6 foot draft. She was capable of transporting 1,000 daytime-only passengers or 236 overnight passengers in her 133 first-class staterooms and 26 single berths. Later, some of the staterooms were to be enlarged, reducing the number to only 126. Her dining room could comfortably seat 125 people. The ship was powered by one four-cylinder triple expansion single reciprocating steam engine capable of producing 4,500 horsepower. On her sea trial in Esquimalt, British Columbia on November 30, 1921, she was able to make an even 17 knots, a good service speed for cruising. As for her career, which we have no specific details of, she would be running that Alaskan route we told you about earlier for British Columbia Coast Steamships. Even though she was owned by Canadian Pacific Railway Company, she was chartered by BCCR for their services, and that is why she ran their 1,750-mile round-trip Vancouver to Alaska route for them. She did so dutifully from her launch in 1921 until she was removed from service in 1964. 
She had a great career as a passenger cruise liner. Most ships don't get a 43-year career like she did. This, however, is not the end of her story. She would be sold to Shoreline Holding out of Vancouver, British Columbia in 1964, then being sold again in 1966 to Princess Louise Corp, owned by Jerry Sutton, and being towed to Terminal Island near Los Angeles and Long Beach, California, similar to RMS Queen Mary, only SS Princess Louise would become a floating restaurant. She opened as a restaurant on September 25, 1966, as the largest floating restaurant in America. Initially, she was incredibly successful, serving nearly 2,000 customers every day. As of 1979, she was towed to a different location at Berth 94 in San Pedro, California. Unfortunately, she would decline in popularity. By 1984, the restaurant had begun losing money and was no longer profitable, being sold to Marianne Perkoff. They failed to save the Princess Louise, with Marianne Perkoff filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection four years later in April of 1988. There's some pretty interesting reasons for why the Princess Louise was no longer popular. In November of 1985, diners were privy to two helicopters colliding in mid-air, one being sent spiraling and crashing to the ground merely 100 feet away from the restaurant. In January of 1988, customers were seated to lunch when they looked out to the water to see the decomposing, bloated body of a man who had leapt to his death a month prior from the nearby Vincent Thomas Bridge being towed past their windows in the water. By January 15, 1989, SS Princess Louise would permanently shut her doors and the ship was seized by the Bank of San Pedro, who had her repaired and made ready for resale, being moved from Berth 94 to the Southwest Marine Shipyard on Terminal Island. There, the ship mysteriously capsized, rolling onto its starboard side in 23 feet of water and sank at her dock, with little to no explanation on October 30, 1989. According to a ship's security guard in a TV interview later, the Princess Louise began making loud sounds from deep within her belly, the guard jumping from her post to safety to watch the ship roll over in place within minutes of the sounds happening. According to the Los Angeles Times, another witness, first mate of the Spirit of Los Angeles, Michael Barnes, said, quote, She fell splat into the water and then it was glog, 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 also stating the ship sank around 12.30 p.m. Two anonymous witnesses claimed the ship had been recently removed from its dry dock and placed in the water within a few weeks of the sinking. Yet another witness, then spokesman for former Los Angeles City Attorney James K. Hahn, Mr. Ted Goldstein, said that he and about a dozen other members of a citizens' advisory panel were on board a sightseeing ship when they cruised past the SS Princess Louise, stating, quote, as we were coming alongside, the ship was listing. It began sinking fast. The water line was rising rapidly. Pontoons and furniture were falling into the water. It took all of three minutes, and then it finally flopped over. The mast snapped off like a toothpick. It just flopped over, rather quietly. It didn't make an enormous crash. It just died. It was a sad ending for what was a happy party-time boat. I agree that it was sad for a once beautiful, elegant ocean liner to have been allegedly sabotaged and sink like this. A private investigation into why the Princess Louise sank was done by a salvage firm, and they found in their inspection that bolts had come off recently installed steel plates on the ship's ballast tanks, and water burst into the tanks, causing the ship to capsize. But this couldn't be proven, 
and because of the questionable way she sank and the mysterious circumstances, the ship's insurers, Lloyd's of London, suspected foul play to be involved and thus refused to redistribute the insured funds, which was $1.5 million, to the beneficiaries. SS Princess Louise's fate after this gets a little strange. You can't just have a ship sunk in the harbor, so she had to be refloated and moved at the very least. She was seen as a total loss, so she was refloated and sold as salvage to a Canadian salvage company for the measly sum of $1. You heard me correctly. This beautiful ocean liner was sold for salvage for less than the price of a McChicken sandwich. That's not where the baffling part of the story ends, either. I wish I could tell you it doesn't get weirder, but dear listeners, it gets weirder. The salvage company decided to resink the vessel off Point Vicente to be used as an underwater scuba destination and artificial reef. However, while sitting in 23 feet of water and awaiting her new life as a scuba attraction, impatient, selfish scuba divers pillaged around $50,000 worth of artifacts off the ship. This rightfully angered the salvage company, and they decided if divers weren't going to respect the wreck, she wouldn't be available for diving and so her location to be sunk was moved. It was then decided she would be under 500 feet of water just south off of Catalina Island, but here's where the story takes a left turn once again. Bright and early as the morning sun broke in the sky on June 20th, 1990, SS Princess Louise began her final voyage out of the harbor, being towed by tugboats. A large crowd was gathered there to salute her and see her off, waving to the ship covered in barnacles and holes like Swiss cheese. Her voyage was going to take 12 hours to get to the island, but two hours in, the ship that was rotting, badly patched, and falling apart began to take on water. They tried to use the pumps to save her, but unfortunately her pumps were clogged with debris, probably from spending more than eight months capsized. The ship sank roughly 16 nautical miles southwest of Point Furman in San Pedro, California, SS Princess Louise disappearing and sinking 900 feet beneath the surface in the Pacific Ocean. According to the Daily Breeze, quote, Witnesses said salty mist spouted through dozens of portholes as water shoved air from the upper deck, and the ship disappeared into an aquamarine cloud of seawater and bubbles. One of the salvagers, Gil Heiflick, told the Daily Breeze, quote, it was really graceful. She went down like a lady. This is still incredibly sad, but far more fitting than being capsized and rotting in a dock or being poached by unappreciative divers. If she had to go down, I'm glad she went down like a lady and that no one was injured or killed. Where she rests, she's deep enough divers can't get their greedy claws on her, and she's far enough from shipping channels that she won't interrupt naval traffic. Unfortunately, listeners, this is a sad ending for SS Princess Louise. I hope this retelling has done the vessel justice, and thank you, shipwreckers, for voting for this ship to be covered. We really appreciate all of your support. Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review, as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and interact with us, and don't forget to check out our second channel, Speed Force Media. Tune in next Sunday for the story of MS World Discoverer, a cruise ship that ran aground and was abandoned in 2000. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.